Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons of news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez with our favorite guest co-host, Cam Harless of We Are the Mad Ones. Brad is taking his time feeling better, and we're going to let him rest so he comes out swinging on Monday. He has not been feeling well, but he's doing okay, and we are happy to hear that. Also, you may actually catch a glimpse of the new and improved Brad Binkley tomorrow on the Zoom party. The Zoom party is for patron saints, um, but some uh, some people are grandfathered into that level. I changed some of the levels around, so go ahead and check the Patreon post that has the Zoom party link. See if you can open it. If you can open it, you're, you can come, and that's tomorrow, 2 o'clock Eastern. Are you going to join us, Cam? Are you going to try? I'm going to try. I bet it's hard to get a hall pass after I've kept you working all week long. It's not, it's not super easy in the middle of the day, but I'm going to do my best. And you have a, uh, you have a, how many kids do you have? Five kids? I have a dearth of children. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> so, a wealth children. of children, a wealth of children. Yes. So, and they're so cute and sweet, and, and I love the sound of their shrieking in the background. It's very, <laughs> it feels like life. It, it is life. It's it's chaotic life, but it's life, and it's I'm telling it's good, you, to, good to see. Fresh, natural-born human babies are going to be uh, a scarce commodity after a while. Did, did I show you my shirt that I that I sell in our store? Says, no. Uh, it says 100% non-GMO human. It's nice. A, it's a low-key, subtle. Got it. Uh, I, don't, I know I what it is. Take that. Take that thing. Sure. So I can put it in the notes if you're. If I really like that. that. Yes, please do. That's that's really fantastic, and I like it if it's in little kid sizes. I think it's in all in all the sizes. So. Did you see Children of Men? It's a Clive Owen movie. Clive Owen. I've was never he? actually watched it. Hot. He was hot. <laughs> I'm a little boy crazy though. I've always been boy crazy. It's really terrible, and I like every shape, every size. I like them all. Anybody who has the slightest bit of, I don't know what, je ne sais quoi. Uh, I just love him. And Clive Owen is, he is, he is je ne sais quoi plus for sure. I'll be anyway, honest, children I, of men. Yeah, I, I, I understand being, oh, I mean, I'd be girl crazy, but I understand that because it's like, I've been watching the walking dead lately and I swear to God, some of the slower episodes I'm only watching so I can watch Lauren Cohan on the show because, uh, who plays Maggie? Just, that's a good looking woman. Well, I'll have I'm, to, I'm, I'm I don't to know. It. I got, I got to say that, but I can't believe that you swear to G.O.D. <laughs> on my show it was i don't mind the c word but that <laughs> that come on i i'm sorry i, I okay. swear to that's a, donuts that's a whole different that's a, a, a rises to a whole different level than than the c word i wonder if people saw that patron episode last week <laughs> we just see where c word our aces off um <laughs> and i didn't blink an eye and you're like Using the G word. It's like my mother. My mother has buried two kids and two grandkids. She's seen nothing but drug abuse. And, you know, the, the, she went from the being raised in the Great Depression to raising her kids in the 60s. And all she'll say is, at least none of my kids take the Lord's name in vain. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, okay. That's, that's <laughs> it for, you know, I'm, that, that makes an impression on a girl, let me tell you. So. <laughs> Uh, you're a good sport. Let me give you a little bit of hard time. So uh, you're a really good sport because I asked you to bring me a story that I did not get to because I fell into a rabbit hole about a related story that I'm going to give. But first, can you catch us up on this weird story of 
a woman who's missing. And it's just one of those things where they're not really saying anything. And then I get all suspicious because it came out like right away that it was like some kind of national story, even though there was no real reason for it to be so interesting. Maybe because she has a big social media presence that also freaks me out a little bit. makes me wonder, tell me about the Lori Petito case. Laundry, so, Laundry Petito. Yeah. So Gabby Petito and Brian Laundry, uh, they were those van journey people, the people who buy a van and make it nice and then spend months on the road living in a van. Uh, and so they had started their trip in um, Long Island and then had been out, I think, for about five months. And so on September 1st, Brian Laundrie came back from the trip in Florida, in Northport, Florida, without her. And so that's the, the story. She's just gone. And what so day was that? That was September 1st, and her parents finally oh, okay. called her missing on September 11th. So, it, it, Did he spin a tail in the meanwhile? He hasn't said anything, and that's why this is so big, is because he's not talking to the police. But why weren't they thinking she was missing? Because Why would, did those 11 days pass with that? I would worry. I mean, I do call my own mom within that <laughs> amount of time. So I'll, I'll break down the different dates uh, pretty quickly. So uh, the last time uh, that, that, so they left in July and in, after a month of being on the road in August 12th, uh, they, Gabby and Petito and uh, Laundry were arguing outside of a convenience store. And so the police were called, the police showed up, they had their body cam. So there's body cam footage of this incident where they, not with them fighting, just with them talking with the police. Does that look legit to you? Did you see it? It does. It looks it looks very normal. So yeah. the, the body cam footage, it looked, so apparently what was happening was, you know, they'd been on the road for a long time together. People start fighting. People start arguing. arguing. She spoke herself about how she had mental health issues and OCD, and she had been hitting him because he was telling her to calm down, which is not something you tell a woman. But if she's freaking out, it's, it's kind of hard not to be like, hey, could you please calm down? Please. Um, and so he's, he's lucky he came back. And so this was outside of Moab City, Utah. And um, so th that day, the police uh, told him to split up. They took her to a hotel and he stayed in the van. And then they continued their journey after that. Uh, on the police report, uh, he is actually listed as the victim rather than her, which is an interesting note. Um, so after that, uh, about a week later, there were two bodies found fatally shot at a campsite near Moab where they were uh, camping at that point. And this has no connection to the case so far. It just is a very similar um, place. And I, I've seen most of this is speculation. Most of what people are saying is speculation at this point because there's no there's it's a lot of there's a lot of a lot unknown um on august 19th they posted their first youtube video of their van life uh, which is called van life journey beginning of our van life journey it's very poorly named if i'm going to tell you that but it was under the name nomadic static um so she kept posting on instagram and she would talk to her parents the last time she talked to her mom was august 27th and they actually had a real conversation. And then, um, or actually it was the 25th was the last time they talked on the phone. With, she got on the phone with her mom. The 27th and the 30th, she got texts. And so her mom is saying she, it wasn't her. And one of the texts said that there was bad service in uh, Yosemite, even though they were heading to Yellowstone. But didn't the cop 
The cop cam was what date again? That was uh, August 18th. Okay. No, no, no. August 12th. It was weeks okay. before. Okay. okay, okay. So a lot of people are misattributing this as they were in Utah and then he was in Florida. God. But they had traveled beyond that. Okay. So her mom got that text. They were supposed to be in Yellowstone. She said Yosemite. And so that told them in their minds that uh, she didn't actually go to Yosemite and that it was him that was messaging And he her. just got it wrong because it wasn't real. Right. Well, and honestly, I'll, I'm not going to lie to you. I can't tell you when I was a younger how many times I accidentally said Yosemite instead of Yellowstone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's not crazy to get those mixed up. Not crazy, you're unless not you're actually there. kind of there and right. immersed in it. But right. okay, so yeah, not crazy. So he returns September first um, with the van in Northport, Florida, um, without her. The parents wait ten days, report her missing, um, and then the family of Gabby is her. Her dad went to Wyoming to search for her. Um, the police are trying to, to find her, and the boyfriend. Laundry is not speaking to the police. And so on Twitter, you ask what's going on with this. Everyone's saying he killed her and hit her body. And he's not he's not working with the police because he, he did something wrong. Other people are saying that some of the people who are more taking in information and want more information before they make a statement. They're like, he could have or she was having mental distress last time they saw it. It was almost a month later. Perhaps she ran off. Perhaps she committed suicide and he came home. Because no one would ever believe that she committed suicide. Not to mention they're in bear country. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of... Most of this story right now is speculation. And well, the only thing I would say is, so, yeah, if they suspected him and he was innocent, I would expect him not to cooperate. But if there's a missing... If there's a long gap between when his last confirmed sighting of her and his reporting that he was gone, that's pretty... Well, he didn't report that she was gone. It was her parents that reported she was gone. So I don't, that's the thing. Like there's, there's plenty of things that look suspicious. I wouldn't put it past that this guy did something that killed her. Um, a lot of people are saying it does seem very possible with her state of mind and her mental health as she was speaking about it, that it could have been suicidal or just cabbing fever essentially with this one other person. So at this point, there's not a lot to actually say. All right. So until they find her or her body, they just, there's no, they, they can't, they're not going to arrest him or anything. There's no evidence. Right. Oh, wow. Interesting. Wow. That is interesting. And what was that guy's name that, that was like a big jerk and he was uh, accused of murder? Scott Peterson? Oh, yeah. Was, I never followed that a, case. Yeah. Well, from what I remember, Scott it? Peterson didn't do it. The evidence didn't say that he did it, but he was a huge dick. Right. And so everyone thought he did it and the media said he did it. Everyone yeah. who heard about it said he did it. And I don't know. If that's think, not what's going on right now. I think he went to jail, though, didn't he? I, I can't remember the, the, the specifics. but uh, uh, that's Not what that I, they wouldn't put him in jail for being a dick. That's an easy way yeah. to <laughs> solve the crime. You know, because otherwise they have to solve the crime. And the more <clears throat> I've gotten to know some people in, like, high crime cities who are in law enforcement, the less I think. I mean, I look at, like, law and order and that kind of stuff. I'm just like, it is, it's the exception, not the rule that they're, like, doggedly solving every murder yeah i think it's like and that's why some people think that the serial killer thing a lot of that was just clearing cases you find somebody and you just like clear the case and then it just looks like you killed 15 people or 100 people and it's not and the golden state killer i there's a very there is 
totally fishy stuff about that. But anyway, yeah. um, I want to tell you about some a really crazy story I fell into. Go ahead, finish your thing, and then I'll tell no, you this. No, all I was going to say was that's a very hazy memory of the Scott Peterson trial, so don't right. quote me on that. We don't know. But yeah. we're just, we're just we don't fishing. know, and we don't know if this guy happens to be smart and doesn't want to talk to police because he knows he's going to be made the person of interest in the suspect. I mean, I wouldn't want to talk to the police. Either. No, definitely. Why? Why talk to the police? There's no benefit yeah. to it. I just so, would wonder why he didn't ask for help if he couldn't find her. Yeah, and then you never know. I mean, there's a chance, there's a chance that they had a big fight and he was like, F her, and yeah. he left. He walked away. Did he have the van when he came home? Yes. Or then maybe she walked away. Like, I could see that. And then he didn't expect no one to ever hear from her again. Right, or you she know, ran like, off with someone else. Yeah, you can there's, have there's a, any number of things. Yeah, you can have a big fight with somebody and just be like, okay, I'm not calling you back for days or weeks. You know, like I could mm -hmm. totally see that they're young. So, all right, well, let's innocent until proven guilty. Although <laughs> I doubt that's how it's going to work out for him, whether he did <laughs> no. it or not. I think he's going to go down for it. But here's this crazy story. Did you see the story about Alex Murdoch? I did not. Tell it's me about in, the story. Um, is it South Carolina? It is. There was a guy a who is, um, he said, three generations of Murdoch's held office as the 14th Circuit Solicitor for 87 consecutive years. This is a really prominent family. I want to say it's yeah, South Carolina. And uh, he was a very prominent lawyer, very prominent family. And just he just turned himself in because <coughs> I guess it was, was it September 4th? He hired somebody to shoot him what? to death, he says, because he wanted to commit suicide, but he wanted his son to get the insurance money. Okay. So, and then, so you have to like go backwards in the story. So why would he want to kill himself? Well, he had, there's an investigation of malfeasance or misappropriation of funds from his law firm, and he's an opiate addict. and. His wife and other son were brutally murdered on his property in June. Oh, wait. Yes. Oh, wait. Yeah, I did hear this story. So, so people, so there was no, like, he wasn't arrested for that. There was, like, no, no whatever. And these guys are, like, lifelong, like, prosecutors in this town or whatever. Like, they're really big shots in this town or from a family like that. And uh, so at the funeral of his wife and son... They also buried like his grandfather or something who just died immediately after that happened. I guess that happens a lot. You know, they can't take it. So there was some speculation that the reason the wife and son were killed, or this is what the, they were saying, was that that son had a couple of years before in a drunken boating accident uh, caused the death of somebody on the lake. So that people were speculating maybe it was revenge for that. That seems like kind of hard to believe, but that's why like they just never went anywhere with that brutal slaying of the wife and the son. Then they said, now that all of this stuff is going down, they're actually going back even further and looking into the death of the housekeeper who had, who had worked in their house for um, decades, who originally was reported as dying of natural causes, then was reported or also reported as dying of a trip and fall accident. Now they're saying maybe that was murder. And then another person was found dead near the property 
maybe a few miles away. I think it says 10 miles away, but I don't know how uh, rural it is that that is considered near the property in the story. Uh, I guess another 19-year-old guy was, let's see, what is this guy's name? Sorry. There was a guy, Stephen Smith, who was found along a road 10 miles from the Murdoch home. The death was not fully explained. At one point, it was said he was, I think, hit by a car. Another point, it said he was shot. So I'm a, I don't know. I don't know what to think about this guy. Druggy. Did he kill the wife and son? Was that a drug related thing? Was that a money issue? Um, you know, did he, I was, cause I was thinking like, why I can understand killing your wife. Like I can understand why someone might want to do that, <laughs> but why you would kill your own son. But then when I realized that the son was a liability, I thought, well, maybe this guy was like, I might as well kill them both. Maybe he got the insurance money from the wife. I don't know. But this, this story, even of him having himself killed, it was just a superficial wound to the head and he called it in himself. And I just, it was, it's a very, very weird story. And now he's out on bail, just even just like some low amount of bail in the tens of thousands of dollars. This is the most rich white people crap I've ever heard in my entire life. Well, it's the, I think it's the, the, the hazard of um, inheritance. I just, uh. I've, the vast majority of the people I know who have inherited money have just, they, they can't handle it. They squander it, whatever. Or, or they live in fear of losing it because they really don't know how to make it and they don't think they can live without it. Like there's a lot, I think, of unnatural psychological burden. Fortunately, I was born poor and will likely die poor. <laughs> so not Just that like, we won't, won't make and spend a lot of money over the course of all this, but I've always thought, like, I do not think it would be a responsible thing to do to leave my kids any money. So we're just going to have <laughs> I, to spend it all. Yeah, just or make them earn it. Just make them, make, make them earn yes. it. Yes. So make, what, make what were you it. saying? I talked over you. Like what? I will no, I, just, no I was going to say, I, I'm, I was born poor, I'll die poor. Same as I was born naked and I'll die naked. I don't That's, know how I'll make that happen, but I'll figure it out. You know I'm boy crazy, Cam. You don't want to be saying stuff like that around here. <laughs> The imagery with the, with the, you just, I, are you completely covered in hair? If you were naked, would you be completely cut? Like, well, what? I'm not, I'm not a werewolf, but I mean, I'm, I, I, I have some <laughs> hair. Um, <laughs> My um, son who has Down syndrome, he sent me a text. He, his texts are hilarious. So I think puberty took him by surprise and he wrote to me, he said, I did not expect this back hair. <laughs> When I or, was, and he asked for he asked for Zootopia shaving cream. Poor kid. <laughs> I know, isn't that sad? <laughs> it's well, it, I, think, I think it's just absurd and wonderful. Honestly, yes. he's very um, very sweet. He's totally handling it. He thinks that Down syndrome is a superpower. <laughs> so, speaking of hairy men, uh, did you hear about the drone strike in Afghanistan uh, on <laughs> on August twenty ninth? You know, my Syrian heritage might take offense at that. <laughs> okay, go ahead. So go ahead. On, tell me a story. On, on July, I mean, sorry, July, August 29th, Biden approved a drone strike on what they thought was an ISIS K operative in Kabul. So he was in a Toyota, um, and they said that he was uh, putting bombs into the back of the Toyota. And that's why they were going to, to kill this guy with the drone. Turns out, he was actually an aid worker 
in Afghanistan, and he was putting bottles of water in his truck. And so they predator drone comes out of nowhere, bombs this guy in his in the car, kills ten people, seven How? of those people being children. People around the vehicle, of course. Wow. Yeah. And so since then there's been a lot of talk, especially from Rand Paul and the people who don't want to see this kind of thing, who are non-interventionist. And uh, it's been it's been in the news and they're trying to play it down. And so Senator Paul was uh, in a congressional meeting of some sort the other day, and uh, he was asking Secretary Blinken, uh, it, he just asked him straight out, the guy the Biden administration droned, was he an aid worker or an ISIS-K operative? And Blinken said, you know, I don't know because we're reviewing it. And he pressed him a couple more times asking this question, I don't know, we're reviewing it. And then Rand Paul popped out. You think you you kind of know before you off somebody with a predator drone? And so this, you would think this, you think you should. That's you should what know due this process kind of is all about. And 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 <laughs> we don't even have a, a declaration of war with Afghanistan. It's absolutely yeah. insane. It's, it's defies the law of nations. So unfortunately, today, uh, General General McKinsey, the head of the U.S. Central Command is supposed to announce that the that no ISIS-K fighters were killed in the U.S. drone strike, uh, t- that the 10 civilians were killed, including seven children in a Toyota, uh, and that no disciplin- disciplinary action is expected. U.S. military stands by intel leading to strike. Wow. Yeah, and, and, and have you? I read this on Twitter first. The first, the very first tweet reply that I see is from some Democrat, who said, this is what happens when Republicans and our media crank the outrage meter to to 11. Luckily, my co-host on, on The Mad Ones, Jessica, was there to pop back. No, this is what happens when your government casually murders seven children and people are so politically partisan that their first thought <laughs> is to blame the party they don't like for even telling them that it happened. That's awesome. What's her Twitter handle? At Soup Canarchist. Wow. Well, with that... That is shocking and awful, but uh, good on Rand for staying on it. I mean, you, yep. you need a voice, you need a voice. But I, you know, it is it is Constitution Day. So yes. as the last big story, and that's about as big a story as it can be. That's big. We will talk a little bit about the Constitution, and uh, in the Patron Fifteen, we are going to talk about a. A Dear Prudence letter that starts with help, my COVID conspiracist husband made an ominous threat if I get the vaccine. So let's hear what Prudent, what, what advice Prudence gives protecting my kids. That's her handle. And uh, before we get to all of that, a big thanks to our sponsor of today's show, LibertyGear.net. We all know and love the patron saint behind LibertyGear.net. And if you want to make a T-shirt or you want a T-shirt made by that clever and edgy way ahead of the curve, um, is he an artisan? Is he a creator? Let's call him a creator. Then go to libertygear.net. Check out what he's got. I absolutely love sending messages on my masks. He's made me a few, actually. And I appreciate that. You can get a custom-made any kind of item of apparel or mask or whatever, posters by emailing him through that site, libertygear.net. Hopefully he gets a little love from the listeners of Propaganda Report because he sponsors us out of love. I, I don't even know if it's worth it to him, but it certainly is appreciated by us. So support him, libertygear.net, if you want to support us. And you can also support us 
by supporting us at patreon.com slash propaganda report. If you want to be at the Zoom party tomorrow, become a patron saint or upgrade to a patron saint and you can take it back down. I think they will charge you one month so it won't come back down until after October. But you can do that. Check it out. See if you like it. Or check out our deep dives on Rockfin, where what we what you get when you join rockfin.com slash propaganda report is not only our deep dives, our exclusive content over at Rockfin, also Cam's exclusive Rockfin content and his partners who can anarchist, and also just the exclusive content of really, really heavy hitters like Sam Tripoli, Jimmy Dore, Whitney Webb, who else is over there? Just so Sorry, so many people. Oh, Cernovich, he he was like one of the only guys who fall into that kind of ideological category who called out Trump from the beginning. I I mean, he must have lost a, a lot. Most people could not do that. And in the same way I did, which is like, who cares if there's an R next to his name if he doesn't defend the Constitution? And we're going to talk about that right now. On to the last big story of the Free Third. Okay, Cam, I gave you an assignment. Yes. Bring it. Well, you said you wanted to talk about the Constitution. And All right. I, what, what, what do you want to talk about? All right. Well, I'll tell you. So I did a little blog post a long time ago. I actually did a little show on WSB, but um, WordPress purged my site. And like a fool, I didn't have it backed up and all my media was stored on the site. Can you believe that? So I got my text back like in garbled, unformatted fashion, but all the files are lost. So I don't have that fantastic show. I don't have my Bergdahl show, which anticipated what was happening in Afghanistan to the point where I named the five people who would be running Afghanistan, and they mm. are. Yeah, I mean, I still have my show notes with a timestamp on it, but it's not cool. Anyway, so, <laughs> but the, the it's going to be in the show notes here, the Constitution Quick and Dirty, and this is basically what I wrote about the Constitution back in the day. Let's just, there's five, there are three things that I wrote about. So let me just start with one and maybe we'll do the rest in the page 15. It says, first, the Constitution lays out who does what in the federal government and some guidelines for elections and other processes. Uh, first, in the preamble, Article 1, Section 1 states very clearly, all legislative powers herein granted shall be vested in Congress. That means to me and to anyone who can read, no executive orders other than to execute laws. Administrative, quote, law is invalid. I learned that at the, on the first day of admin law class in Stanford Law School, which you would think would absolutely just toe the line of anything that could, call, could be called constitutional from the left, but they just wouldn't even discuss it. And the president is charged with executing laws. He is supposed to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution, not the people. Mm -hmm. They always say they're there to protect the people. No. He's only commander-in-chief when called into actual service. Nobody ever cares about that. When I said, when I said that about Trump, people who would have completely lauded it, uh, if I said it about Obama, said I was quibbling about semantics by reading the words <laughs> in the Constitution. And he must periodically address Congress to tell them about the State of the Union and make recommendations that he judges um, as necessary and expedient measures, and he shall take care that the laws be faithfully executed. I will also add about the judiciary, there is nothing in the Constitution that says the judiciary is supposed to go and rule on the legislation of Congress. It's not in there. It was Marbury v. Madison. It wasn't even part of the law of, the, of what was binding about the case. I hold this against Thomas Jefferson. I do not like it. And 
I think the natural remedy of unconstitutional congressional law is state nullification by not enforcing the laws. And I think the South was doing that even, even after the Civil War, which is why they established the Department of Justice to go in and execute laws in the South that, that they just were nullifying by not accepting them. Maybe they were unconstitutional. I don't know. Then the FBI later followed, and now we have a totally unconstitutional police force and all that. But the Constitution tells you what the branches do and without and only what the branches do. If it's not in the Constitution, they're not supposed to do it. Here's my question, since we talked about the president. Who do you think, according to the Constitution, in your opinion, was the best American president? Um... Given that that's a very specific question, I'm going to say Calvin Coolidge, mm -hmm. but I might would have said Warren Harding. I know he had some like petty corruptions, but I believe that he was assassinated and I think he was assassinated because he simply would not capitulate to the globalists who wanted to hijack the constitution and destroy this country. It took her to do that. I'm trying to think, because uh, my top three would probably be um, in, in no particular order, uh, John Tyler, Calvin Coolidge, and um, Grover Cleveland. I I'm assuming Tyler, because they what? I, they stopped, they, uh, especially Coolidge. One of his, my favorite quotes from him is when he said, it's much more important to kill bad bills than it is to pass good ones. Nice. Yes. And Tyler and Cleveland probably did, got so little done that they're, like unknown, but that's exactly what you want. Yeah. Because there's very they, little for them to do. Yeah, and they shouldn't do anything more than that. And so like no. the, the ones they call the worst, they I think maybe yes. John Tyler is the least favorite of anyone except for people who know what the president's job is. That is so fantastic. And I would like to put a little plug for all the people I've gotten into fights. And you know me, I identity is just, I am like, I don't even know what my identity is. I've always been a mutt. I, I'm like too good at math to be, you know, <laughs> Malibu Stacy. Like I just, I don't ever think in terms of collective, I'm the most individualist to the point where it's like probably pathological. But I have gotten into arguments about when people say that women getting the vote is what ruined this country <laughs> because women, the biggest landslides in presidential history were Right after women got the vote, universal suffrage, according to the Constitution, they had the vote elsewhere, but was Harding and Coolidge. Those were the two after women. And so what they did was, and Wilson was elected by only men, and he was probably the worst, in my opinion. So yeah. what they did was they manipulated whatever, the electorate, to do the things they do. And once they had women, then they, then they, they tailored their propaganda to women. So it looks yes. like women fall for the propaganda, but it's, it's not that it's just that maybe it, maybe they are lower hanging fruit for that, but the men fell for the propaganda that they had to fall for to, to go to world war one. Yep. I will say that a book you should read if you're interested in good presidents and the best and the worst is a book by Brian McClanahan called nine presidents who screwed up America and four who tried to save her. Wow. I, I will put it in the show notes if you'd like. That's a, that that's a would be well great. You know read. what else? So I am going to, if you, in our little shared screen here, well, it's, it's a very messy little spreadsheet, so don't do that. But I'll write your book. So Cam, in the newsletter, I'll make your, I'll put a special section for your book recommendation. Say it again. What is it? It's called Nine Presidents Who Screwed Up America and Four Who Tried to Save Her. 
Okay, that's great. Thank you so much for that. And let me just, uh, we can get to more about the Constitution in the page from 15. In the meanwhile, I have a couple of really, well, I have a, a good shout out and something really, really fun that I started a trend with this. It is PP Steve's birthday. Happy birthday, PP Steve. Yay. So that's it. I'm very happy that he reached out. It's a big one. Big, big, big. I'm not going to out him on what the number is in case he's <laughs> after some hottie, but it's a big number. Hey, PP Steve's one of my patrons too. So I also want to say happy birthday, but actually put in the, the sound effect that I forgot to click when you said it. Yeah. I think we've played clips like three times in the two plus years that we've had a daily show, but I love Kermit saying yay. So this has been a great, a great day for yay. So, and my, and I, and I hope it's a great day for PP Steve. So also Jim Jeffries has a shout out. He says, um, kudos to many of the anarchists who listen, who are expats. He's hoping to be among that number before long. Kudos to them. And he wants to put out a call to action that we have a Zoom party for expats and people living abroad, or maybe people here from abroad, to share their experiences. So I would make an exception to the patron saint rule. I do make exceptions for people who have really relevant information. So we could get that gang together, even if they're not patron saints, have the Zoom party, invite all the patron saints, and maybe put an excerpt out. So if anybody wants to explore that with me, if you are an expat or you're from a foreign country, you live here, and um, you want to have that call, I can work around your schedule, try to figure out something that works for people outside the country. Just email me at the propaganda report podcast at gmail.com. So thanks, Jim, for a great idea. And with that, on to the patron 15. And if you're not joining us there, we still want you to have a fantastic rest of your day. Mm-hmm.